Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We've made it to Friday here on Memorial Day weekend, so a long weekend coming up for many people, and I hope everybody has a safe and fun Memorial Day. Glad you're with us to close out the week as we do each weekday at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'd be remiss as we head into Memorial Day weekend if I did not mention high school baseball sectional coverage coming up on Saturday. A big rivalry game at 11 o'clock on Saturday from Mount Tabor Field in New Albany. It's the host Bulldogs against Floyd Central. Floyd Central, the favorite. They've had a tremendous season. New Albany and first-year coach Tim Redford have had a solid year. They've gotten better. They've improved. But Floyd Central is the favorite as we head into the sectional semifinal tomorrow. We'll see if New Albany on their home field could pull off an upset. But anytime those two teams hook up, especially in the postseason, Baseball, great matchups over the years. Uh, We'll be there to cover it. Should be a good one. And then Jeffersonville and Seymour in the second semifinal game. Jeff really handled Seymour early in the year. Seymour has gotten better. Seymour won the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship over Floyd in a crazy 12 or 13 inning ball game. And I think Jeff will have its hands full with Seymour on Saturday. So the potential is there for two really good semifinal games if things play out the way we hope. And then, of course, back on Monday at 11 a.m. for a sectional championship game with the winner moving on to regional play that next Saturday. So a quick turnaround from Monday to Saturday. But Memorial Day, great weather, lots of parties, lots of downtime. Hopefully you can fit some high school baseball uh, locally here into your schedule over the weekend. It's not just that New Albany. There are going to be some good matchups across all levels. In fact, I saw in the 2A bracket, of course, Providence a big favorite locally, but one of the other really strong teams from the south, Forest Park, they were upset earlier this week in sectional play. So does that help Providence if they get out of sectional, maybe have an easier path to make a deeper run in the tournament? Very potentially so. We'll see how things play out this weekend, though, with the sectional round coming up first. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. <laughs> Segment one, <clears throat> excuse me, here in just a moment, we'll have a look at some headlines from the day. A number of basketball things, a few things on IU and the Big Ten Conference for next season. We'll also get into a few football things. I saw a DraftKings line out for the Ohio State-Indiana football game. Can you believe how much Indiana uh, is the underdog? We'll tell you about that. A football commitment as well. And a few other football notes to mention here in the opening segment. Also, a couple local things. Floyd Central softball won a big sectional championship last night. 
Uh, so we'll chat about that as well coming up here in segment one. Later today, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, he will stop by. We'll get into IU and college basketball and college football with Dylan when he's with us. Also, tournament uh, with a loss yesterday. So now they're on that loser side of the double elimination bracket, which means games will come fast and furious for the Hoosiers if they're going to make a, a run out of the bottom half of the bracket. Uh, later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star scheduled to be with us. With Kyle, we always hit high school basketball, recruiting, and much more. We're getting ready to get into a busy season for basketball. Once again, with the summer leagues and travel basketball and recruiting and so much more that gears up here this uh, summer, and we'll uh, cover that today, preview some of that today with Kyle when he joins the program. That's the lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. And again, Dylan Wallace and Kyle Neddenrip coming up a little bit later in the program. Thornton's text line is open. We love to get messages from you. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher, to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Before we get too far in the show, I also need to remind you that the Big X Sports Radio golf cards are available. This year's card features Park Mammoth, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com. Again, BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. 812-725-1457 is the phone number for a golf card. Let's get into some headlines. First for IU basketball, let's take a look at Bart Porvik. He does the uh, T-Rank. It's like a computer ranking system, and he's fairly accurate. I've always thought Bart's work is really good, and keep a close eye on it. He has his latest top 25 projections out for the 23-24 season, and he is from the Big Ten Conference, Michigan State, his highest-ranked team at number six in the country. Obviously, it's interesting as you look through some of these top Big Ten teams for next year, a lot of them have uh, NBA guys that are still uh, in the draft, deciding what their future looks like. Will they return to college basketball? Uh, that obviously will play a factor in what the Big Ten ultimately looks like. But right now, Based on who could back, who could come back, Michigan State, he has number six in the country based on his system. Purdue, number 23 in the country. Uh, Indiana, in the top 25, they are number 25. Of course, uh, Race Thompson, Miller Cop, Trace Jackson Davis, and Jalen Hudshafino, guys that are going professional or have run out of college eligibility. Logan Duncombe, Tamar Bates, Jordan Geronimo, they all hit the transfer portal. New players, Ja'Kai Newton, Gabe Cups, Peyton Sparks, Kelly. 
Kal-El Ware, Anthony Walker, and Mackenzie Mbako, the big get a couple weeks ago for the Hoosiers. And that's really a size up of where the Indiana team is at. He's got Wisconsin 27th, Northwestern 28th, Maryland 37th, Ohio State 41st, Iowa 44th, Nebraska 46th, and just outside the top 50, he's got Illinois 51, Rutgers 52, Michigan is 65th, and then you got to go to 122. That's where Minnesota's at, followed by Penn State at 134. So if you pay attention to rankings, and these are some computer rankings where he has a formula for how he does everything, who's coming, who's going, uh, that's where he sees, or at least his computer rankings, see the Big Ten next year. That would have Indiana as the third-best team with Michigan State and Purdue ahead of them. I think Indiana fans would take that projection right now, given who graduated, given who left for professional opportunities, given the unknown about what Indiana was going to be able to do or who they were going to be able to get out of the transfer portal. There was a time where Indiana, by all metrics, ratings, personal opinions, was nowhere in near the top half, really, of the Big Ten Conference. But my, how that has changed in the last few weeks uh, for the Big Ten. And another note, uh, Joe Lenardi uh, has eight teams from the Big Ten Conference projected for the NCAA tournament next spring. If you're curious where he has folks at, Indiana, a number eight seed in the latest ESPN bracketology from Joe Lenardi. So Indiana uh, trending up, that's for sure. Some of the recent gets from the transfer portal and McKenzie and Baco really help take Indiana, I think, to another level in some of these preseason predictions that are out there. IU baseball lost yesterday to Iowa. Very quick turnaround for the Hoosiers as they're right back at it. But Iowa end up pulling away and winning 9-4 to yesterday. Indiana, the number two seed, will play Michigan in an elimination game that's going to start this afternoon around 3 p.m. Indiana's record 41-17. and If the Hoosiers can beat Michigan, Indiana the big favorite in that game, they would have to beat Iowa twice on Saturday to advance on to the Sunday championship game. And, of course, that Sunday final is very much expected to be Maryland, although anything can happen in a double elimination bracket in postseason baseball. Maryland could be knocked off as well. But uh, Indiana's got their work cut out for them. A game today against Michigan, potentially two games against Iowa on uh, Saturday, and then a Sunday championship game that very much looks like it could be a contest coming up against Maryland in that uh, finale if Indiana can get there. A lot of work ahead of them. Uh, 2024 athlete, I believe it's Javier Etheridge. Etheridge, he picked Indiana over Penn State, uh, committing to the Hoosiers. His final five included uh, Penn State, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. Those were some of the other schools that he uh, considered strongly, expected to play wide receiver for the Hoosiers when he arrives. Of course, he still has a senior year of high school football coming up. But good to see Coach Allen. It's not been, uh, there has not been a lot of great headlines recently. There's not been a ton of recruiting momentum or transfer portal momentum for the IU football Hoosiers. So good to see Coach Allen really beat out a list of Power 5 programs when uh, Etheridge committed earlier this month to the Hoosiers. So to beat out Penn State is big. Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, all solid programs as well. So uh, a big get, it looks like, for Indiana 
he did play in Cincinnati at Mount Healthy High School last season, caught 41 passes for 678 yards and seven touchdowns, played both ways for Mount Healthy over in Cincinnati. So that's the latest new get for IU football if you're tracking things for the future. And how about this? IU football, it's time to start talking more about the Hoosiers, although there's not a lot of momentum, and I really don't sense that much excitement. Boy, a couple off-seasons ago, as we got into June and July, we were really rolling on football. There was a lot of interest in this Indiana team and maybe what they could accomplish or get done. That feeling obviously is not there. Those projections are not there either. But I did see, according to DraftKings, who has already put out some odds for very early in the uh, college football season, uh, they have Ohio State, Indiana's season-opening opponent, as a 28-point favorite over the Hoosiers in that game on September 2nd. Obviously, the lines will change a lot, but I know Ohio State has won the last two meetings against Indiana by an average of 45 points. So no real surprise with that projection from DraftKings, a 28-point favorite. Uh, Ohio State is way early in the odds for the college football opener for the Hoosiers, but definitely going to be interesting to see. It kind of feels like a make-or-break season, really, for Tom Allen and for this Indiana football program. If they don't have success or they do tank out, going to be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward and what his future looks like. Athlon Sports put out their college football preview. It had been unveiling some of the preseason all-conference teams. The All-Big Ten team came out earlier this week. Jalen Lucas was first-team specialist. Aaron Casey, second-team defense. Cam Camper, third-team on offense. Andre Carter, third-team on defense. James Evans, third-team on specialist. And Matthew Bedford, of course, the offensive lineman, fourth-team on offense. So there's six names that should be key players for Indiana football this season coming up. Uh, definitely, again, going to be interesting to see what the Hoosiers can get done. High school baseball over the weekend will be at New Albany. I mentioned those games, New Albany and Floyd Central in the first game at 11 a.m., followed by Jeffersonville and Seymour. Should be two good games. I think maybe on paper Floyd and Seymour are the favorites. Seymour did lose to Jeff in the regular season, but, boy, they're playing different baseball now. I think Saturday will be a really interesting game of uh, two games of baseball. We'll see if we could get an all-local final on Memorial Day in the Class 4A baseball sectional. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Lots to get to on IU basketball. We'll talk a little football, maybe touch on baseball and the Hoosiers' struggles out in Omaha in the Big Ten tournament. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Before we get to Dylan, I do want to give a shout-out to Floyd Central Softball. 
Uh, they've had a really good season, a lot of uh, really key seniors on the team, but I saw last night it was a lot of the freshmen that helped new, uh, the Floyd Central team knock out New Albany in the sectional championship game. Good game. Floyd Central won 4-2 in that finale up at Bedford North Lawrence. So let's hope the rivalry edition of the baseball game is just as good on Saturday afternoon when New Albany and Floyd Central hook up at Mount Tabor Field. But Emmy Miller, the winning pitcher last night, Floyd Central improves to 26-7, and and we'll see if they have an opportunity here over the next few weeks to maybe put a run together in the postseason from a softball side of things. They've got a very good ball club coached by Sean Payne. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with me. And don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan, I promise we'll get to IU stuff. Got a question about Caleb Love from the text line here in a moment. But before we do, it is a fun time of year. These softball and baseball postseasons especially, I've always enjoyed broadcasting some of the games, keeping up with the local teams. And I know that you're focused on some of these same 4A schools and the Hoosier Hills Conference is what we do. But always good to see sectionals get here. It means the school year is over. The summer has arrived. Memorial Day weekend is a great tie-in for high school baseball. Let's see what plays out this weekend. Yeah, everybody seems like they're at least on their last few days of school here if it hasn't happened already. So the kids are getting out, which is, I'm sure, great for them uh, heading into summer. And, you know, I was able to see the softball sectional on Monday. I saw Seymour play Bedford. I saw New Albany have that exciting game against Jennings County uh, in the first game. And you mentioned, as you mentioned, Floyd was able to come out on top there. So that was a fun one. I'm super excited for this baseball sectional coming up this weekend, you know, Saturday. You know, I got Seymour and Jeffersonville. Should be a fun game. Uh, the first time the Red Devils beat them pretty easily. I think it was like thirteen to two. Um, it's kind of an interesting game for Seymour, but I think you know they won the they won the conference this year, so I think they're a little bit better than what that first score suggested. So hopefully, a little bit more competitive game on Saturday. Um, obviously, you know with the forward, but you got so many good teams in the conference, um, and you just saw that throughout this year. I don't know. I think one of the Seymour coaches told me just the parity. Um, in the Hoosier Hills Conference this year, it's kind of been unreal for them to see just so many good teams. Anyone can kind of beat anyone on any given night between New Albany and Bedford, Floyd, Seymour, Jeff. You know, there's just so many talent in that league right now. So that's been a lot of fun to follow this year. Excited for that sectional tomorrow down in New Albany. But, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, I got to, I had the track regionals uh, this this week as well. So seeing some of the kids punch their tickets to state is always fun. So it's a good time, and you know, things are, are wrapping up pretty rapidly here. So I'm sure. You know, we'll hit the, the dead of summer, and then before you know it, it'll be, you know, gearing up for Friday night football. It's coming up in the fall. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, were you at that crazy Seymour-Floyd Central-Hoosier Hills Conference championship baseball game that went 12 or 13 yeah. innings? I, I wasn't there, but gosh, the stories I heard and the situations that came out late in the game, just a crazy high school game. I was there 12 innings. Started at six o'clock, ended at ten p.m. It was four hours. Um, it was it was everything you wanted. It was super high drama, super low scoring, great pitching, great defensive plays too. I mean, I think Floyd had runners in scoring position in every extra inning and um, didn't get a single run across. Um, and same with Seymour a couple times in a couple of those extra innings, they would have runners in scoring positions, couldn't score. Just no one gave an inch, um, and Seymour finally was able to pull it out in the bottom of the twelfth. So that game was awesome. I've never seen anything kind of like that. Um, Floyd threw like you know three or four you know I think D one pitchers in that game, so it was it was fun to see a lot of those kids come out. So that was that was insane. Uh, it was a one of a 
favorite games I've probably ever covered. Um, it's really memorable to happen, and uh, that, that was a blast. And um, who knows if we'll see it again. That could be another fun one. All right, Dylan, let's get to the Thornton's text line. Texter says, any Caleb Love updates, rumors to the Hoosiers? I have not heard much. I mentioned it earlier in the week with another guest. And for, I don't want to say how vocal Caleb's been because there's not been a ton of interviews or information out there on him. But when he was being recruited, he was being written about a lot. When he announced his transfer from North Carolina, I know gave some interviews and he was you kind of knew what was going on or a time frame I have not seen hardly anything since it came out I guess a week or so ago that he was not going to be able to get into Michigan he decommitted from there and is back on the market we heard Indiana was one of the schools but that's all I've heard yeah I think I saw a couple days ago that like Arizona, Gonzaga, Texas were kind of three teams in the mix. Um, but before that, you know, I haven't really heard anything ever since the Michigan decommitment. Um, and, you know, before he went to Michigan, I think his, the top kind of contenders were Michigan, Missouri, and Indiana. Uh, but, you know, since that happened, you know, Indiana, you know, they were able to, to bring in, you know, Mbaco and, and some other guys. And I just, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. I just don't think if Love is necessarily someone that Indiana is going to go after anymore, at least as hard as they did before kind of they got everything else into place, just because, um, you know, they already have a, a lot of really good talent on this roster. They have Xavier Johnson as kind of that lead guard. Um, if you bring Love in, do you start to get into the questions of, okay, you know, is there enough ball to go around for everybody to kind of get their touches? You have Claire Ware coming in who probably thinks that he's going to be an NBA player pretty soon here. And Baco obviously is one of those guys, too. And obviously, Xavier, you know, you still have Malik Renew you want to get touches for. So there's a lot of guys in his roster right now that um, I'm sure have been promised or expect, you know, a lot of portions of the offense to be run through them. If you bring in a guy like Love, um, does that kind of change things? You know, he can kind of be a ball stopper sometimes. I think he's a good player. I think you obviously you saw it firsthand two years ago what he's capable of when he's when he's playing right um but last year not the best year for him but he's still kind of a high guy that someone wants to go will go after so but i don't know if he's gonna he'd be a good fit for Indiana right now so yeah definitely haven't seen anything on the indiana front in terms of if they're super interested in him um but i think in terms of ever since he's decommitted from michigan yeah like i said i think i saw the report about arizona gonzaga texas um and that all kind of makes sense you know you'd expect him to end up in a bigger program and um, i'm sure they'll fall into place soon but it's been pretty quiet um, and I don't think Indiana is going to be really one of the bigger suitors for him this time around. I think if you could have gotten him before um, he went to Michigan, they absolutely would have accepted him. But since then, you know, getting Mbaco and getting some other guys in, in the building, um, I think Indiana is probably pretty happy with what the roster looks like right now. Um, and if anything, like we talked about last week, it might be kind of a, a secondary guard to, to come in, maybe just a, a really good shooter coming in to kind of fill that last roster spot and, um, I'm sure someone with a bigger profile will probably go after Love and probably land him and be happy with it, but I don't think at the end it's going to be one of those teams. All right, got another text here about IU baseball. Uh, what happened yesterday with the Hoosiers against Iowa? I didn't see the game, but I know one thing, Dylan, now that Indiana's lost and drops into that, I guess you call it loser's side of the bracket, if they are going to advance back to the final on Sunday, they've got a lot of games. One this afternoon, two on Saturday. They'd have to beat uh, they'd have to beat Iowa twice to move on to the Sunday championship game. But uh, yes, a, a tough road ahead for Indiana baseball. They seemed to fall apart yesterday. Yeah, I think they gave up four runs in the in the eighth and four in the ninth to lose nine to four. So they were winning. Well, they were winning. A, 
like four one or something before those last two innings and just kind of a kind of a, a breakdown so to say and Iowa was able to just jump on them and and get the win so yeah it's gonna be a tough road ahead for them but I do think um, at least you know they're probably squarely in the NCAA tournament so you know we'll see I'm sure losing to Iowa and getting knocked down a few ounces that could affect kind of where their seating will be what regional they're going to be and all that stuff but at least we know they're going to probably going to be in it still so that's going to be good and um, you know, hopefully they can do some make up some ground here to to compete for that Big Ten title tournament. Um, but it's going to be tough because yeah, if you have to beat Iowa two times and and a couple other teams, you know, it's not going to be great. I think they get Michigan today, like you said, that's the team coming up. So uh, yeah, it was a, t- it's a weird, tough loss. I saw a lot. A couple of my friends were texting about it. Um, just kind of how it happened to give up eight runs in two innings at the very end of the game. Not ideal, um, but. You know, this team has, has had a pretty good season all year, so hopefully they can uh, rebound from it. And, and uh, you know, no matter what happens with the rest of the conference tournament, um, we should we should be seeing them uh, in the NCAA tournament in a couple weeks as well. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. My guests were talking the latest with IU baseball, some football coming up, and basketball as well. I want to jump back to basketball for a minute. I saw that Bart Torvik and his computer rankings, they have come out for the offseason. And Indiana, as far as where things stand right now with the roster, was number 25 in his rankings, the third highest rated Big Ten team. As we start to turn the corner later this summer into the school year, into the fall, football gets here, and we really get into basketball previews and a hard look at the conference with rosters being fully known at that time. Do you think Indiana could be maybe the third pick in the Big Ten conference this upcoming season? Oh, I think so. I would be surprised if they're higher, too. Um, You know, I think they'll definitely be in the top four in the preseason kind of polls or whatever. You know, they were a top four team a season ago, um, and it's, you know, obviously Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson and Miller Cop and all these guys were awesome, but I think when you just look at a straight-up talent standpoint, you know, this roster might be more talented just in terms of, like, the individual talent from each guy. Whether or not that translates to their chemistry on the floor together, how the team plays, you know, we don't know. That's still to be seen right now, but I think just from when you look up and down the talent, you know, their past recruiting rankings, all that kind of stuff, you know, this is a pretty talented team right now. Um, So I think just from that alone, when you project Indiana out, you you got to include them in the top five for the Big Ten. Um, I imagine Michigan State's probably going to be the top one, um, just because they got a lot of their guys back from that Sweet 16 team last season. They got a lot of experience back. They always bring in, you know, pretty good recruiting recruiting guys as well. Um, and you know, still another domino to fall here is, is you know, will Purdue get Zach Eady back? You know, it, I think I saw some stuff this week that he's you know helped himself pretty well in terms of his draft stock this week at the combine stuff. Um, that he he's he's had a really good showing, so that that can help him. But I, you know, there's still that room where he could decide to come back to Purdue, and all of a sudden, I'm sure people will start picking them to be one of the top teams in the Big Ten as well because just of how dominant he was a season ago. So that couple dominoes still up to fall, um, but I do like Indiana's chances in the conference. Um, I think they can be one of the top three teams for sure. Um, you know, I think they could be competing for a Big Ten title when we get down to the last few weeks of the season, um, but. And that's just kind of based on what they got on the roster. And I think just the biggest thing we're all looking forward to is how do these guys all play together? How do they all fit together? You know, how does Mike Woodson change the style of play with some more versatile options on offense? Um, I'm really curious to see. But just from talent alone, I think they're definitely a top four team in the conference, um, definitely a top 25 team in the nation. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're a little bit higher, you know, top 15-ish throughout the year. Um, they're going to play a good enough schedule to where if you win some of these games, you're definitely going to be ranked high enough. So, um, I'm excited to see, but I think they're they're definitely you know going to 
stay at that level they were a year ago and maybe hopefully go up a little bit in terms of just kind of being ranked all year, being one of the top teams of the conference. And that's what you want from Indiana. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. You talk about the dominoes yet to fall, a big one for Purdue, who is the head of Indiana, according to Torvik's computer rankings. Uh, Zach Eady testing the NBA draft waters. I think a lot of people think he might return. That's going to be interesting to see what happens. It will be a big deal for Purdue in the Big Ten Conference, depending on what his final decision is. Yeah, and I think you know, I think a lot of people are expecting him to come back, um, and that's probably why they're – they're getting rated so high. Um, you know, I know they have some pretty talented guys coming in uh, with a 2023 call, or 2024 class. So I don't, I don't know exactly who they got coming in this season. But you know, they'll have a lot of their, they'll have Lawyer and Smith back. So those guys will be a year older for them in their backcourt. Um, so they still got some guys that are pretty good that had some good seasons a season ago. But you know, with it, it's the make or break kind of thing is just if he's back or not for them. You know, that that's kind of like a surefire thing if he's back because you know. Just with how big he is and the way he plays, you know he's going to help them win a lot of games. So um, that's going to be the big thing for them if they get back. And you know, I'm sure I'm curious how Purdue fans feel, like if they want to kind of move on from that style, or if they want to, you know, try to get a little bit more. I guess you could say modern in terms of the way they play. But you know, they, you know, people forget on their bench they had like a seven four dude from overseas, like he was a freshman last year. So they still got another big dude on their roster. Who knows if he's ready to get some minutes this season too? So. You know, I remember when they had, uh, was it Isaac Haas and, and Matt Harms on the same team? So we could, Edie comes back and they got the other dude still. You know, they could have some twin tire stuff going on with them. So um, I just don't think they're ever going to change like that. They just they just love getting those super tall players. And um, so they're going to have one no matter what. Whether Edie comes back or not, they still got that one dude who's like 7'4, I think. Can't remember his name, <laughs> so I apologize. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. But. You know, if he comes back, um, you know, it's, it's going to make them probably automatically a top four-ish team in the Big Ten. Um, you know, we saw how dominant they were to start the Big Ten Conference here a season ago. It seemed like there was no catching them. They kind of fell off towards the end with some losses. Indiana beat them twice. Maryland beat them. Um, Rutgers was able to get them early in the year. So, uh, you know, hopefully maybe some teams are, are more kind of prepared for how to handle him, and maybe they won't be as successful right away. But um, they'll, they'll be pretty good if he decides to come back. But, uh, you know, I, I did hear, like I said, I heard some good things. You know, there were some reports about how, you know, some NBA teams were impressed by him. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure a team would, would really talk themselves into him for, like, a second-round pick or something. You know, how could you not with that size, a guy that could come in? You look at what Walker Kessler did this year in the NBA, um, coming from Auburn a season ago. You know, Edie's probably a little less mobile than he was. But, you know, when you just look at to have a guy like that, especially with all the bigs in the NBA now that are really talented with Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid. Like, there's kind of been a resurgence of the big dudes lately. Um, and to have a guy like Edie that's that big that you can throw in for 10 minutes a game to, to try to play some defense and, you know, have six fouls to use might not be a bad option to have on your roster if you're trying to make a deep playoff run. So, here the NBA team could talk him into it. The big thing for Edie is, you know, I'm sure he's got a pretty sizable NIL package if he decides to come back to West Lafayette. Um, you know, does he does he want to take the chance of waiting until a second round, or does he want to know if he's a first rounder for sure? So, a lot of options for him, um, and and we'll see what he decides. I think he's talked about it a lot, and he says he still doesn't really know what he wants to do. And I think a lot of people are leaning toward he's coming back, but we'll see. But yeah, that's that's kind of a big domino to fall, and I think that's kind of the only one in the conference. I don't know. I think some of the Michigan guys are all in, are going to stay in the NBA. Um, I think he's kind of the main one in the conference that we for sure don't know about because obviously. You know, Jalen and Trace are staying, Chris Murray's staying. Um, I think he's kind of the main guy in the Big Ten that we don't know if he's coming back or not. 
Yeah, and speaking of the NBA, Jalen hood Shafino, the process continues to play out for him to see where he will land. We think in the first round there's all sorts of different projections about where exactly he could be. What I think is most interesting, and I know a lot of Indiana fans are curious, is what exactly happens with Trace Jackson Davis after a great week in Chicago for the Combine and some other workouts. Can he play himself into a solid first-round pick, and could he maybe move up the board even higher than what any of us ever expected? I hope so, um, but it's, it's, we're going to have to wait and see. You know, I think he did a lot of good things, like you said last week. You know, we saw some clips of him shooting the three. Um, you know, and I think we saw some athletic clips of him being used in a screen and roll, blocking shots, playing defense out in the perimeter, all those useful things that, you know, NBA teams love to have from, from guys that can really stretch out um, on the defensive side. You know, if, they, if Trace can hit corner threes at, you know, 35% in his career, hey, you know, that's, that's good enough, that's serviceable. That's, that's what it's good enough for an NBA team to talk yourself into him. So, um, you know, I think he's definitely got a lot of skills that teams could be interested in. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, will they will they want to do it in the first round or will they wait till the second round for him? Um, you know, he could be, if anything, a late first rounder, but I think I'd probably be a little surprised if he's taken in the first round. I think I'd lean more towards second round right now. Um, I mean, this, this, this draft is very top-heavy, though, so, you know, aside from kind of those sure things that we know are getting drafted in the top, you know, six or whatever, you know, other than that, you know, it's not really sure what's going to happen. That's why Hutchpino is another interesting one. You know, he could very well be a lottery pick um, because once you get toward the back half of the lottery, you know, in the teens, 12, 13, 14, um, you know, he definitely could be up there for them. And, you know, if he slips a little bit out of the lottery, I still think he'll be taken in the first round. And Trace, you know, I'd be, it'd be super cool if he's picked in that first round, you know, in the 20s somewhere. Um, but if not, I think he definitely will get his name called no matter what happens. Um, but it'd be super cool if he could work his way up there. And, you know, I think he's got some individual interviews scheduled with some teams, um, individual workouts scheduled to go meet with, with, with teams. So that's, that's great for him. And, you know, I hope he's, he makes the most of it. And I hope we hear his name called the first round. It'd be super cool if Indiana gets two first-rounders this year because um, it'd be a big deal. You know, it's Mike Woodson, and, and then they could use that recruiting. Um, they could use it a lot. So uh, hopefully that's the case for Indiana. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, as always, thanks for the run. Still need to get into IU football for next season. I know that there's not <laughs> maybe the excitement there was a couple years ago, but we got to do it, and we'll get to it soon, I promise. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, have a good weekend and good Memorial Day. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. Just had another text. Are you doing baseball this weekend? Yes, We've said it a lot. Doing the two semifinals on Saturday will be on the air at 10:50 from New Albany. New Albany Floyd Central first, followed by Jeffersonville in Seymour in the second game, and back on Monday, 10:50 airtime, 11 o'clock first pitch for high school baseball in the sectional championship game. We'll head to a break. Kyle Nedenrip is scheduled to be with us next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
And we're back on this Friday program. Another Thornton's text line message uh, into the show about Cam Spencer, the big man from Rutgers. Where could his potential landing spot be or the Hoosiers involved? I saw a story earlier that mentioned Georgetown, Michigan, UConn, Indiana, and Creighton. And I've seen Indiana mentioned with his name a few times, but I have no clue the level of interest. There hasn't been a ton of stuff out there on him either. So there you go. That's the little bit of news we have. Not a lot known about Spencer and uh, what his uh, situation could be for the future. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, he always checks in with us on Friday, talk a lot of high school basketball, recruiting, and more. Of course, Kyle, a lot of focus on spring sports right now. I know that you have been covering a lot of track and field for the Star, but baseball and softball have really taken center stage, or will this weekend at least. I've always loved, Kyle, Memorial Day baseball, and I think this is true in most sectionals throughout the state, not just here in southern Indiana, but that marriage of Memorial Day on Monday and high school baseball sectional championship games has been a fun one over the years. A lot of great memories of being at the ballpark. Generally, good weather. I better knock on wood for this week as I say that. But uh, what what a good setup. Memorial Day, baseball, high school baseball at that, competitive games. Our state's really good in baseball most years as far as top-level players. It just works out nicely. It does, yeah. I, I enjoy that, too. It's sort of, a, sort of a tradition, you know, the day after the race, then you got a, uh, you know, Definitely some really good baseball games are guaranteed uh, that next day. So, yeah, I'll be uh, looking forward to I'll be out of the game. I probably, I think, we'll, could be New Powell and Mount Vernon, uh, two rivals playing each other. And, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, three-sport athletes and, and, you know, kind of the rarity of that anymore. Both those teams have really good baseball players who also uh, play football and basketball. Eli uh, Bridenthal from Mount Vernon and Blaine Nunnally from New Powell. So, if that ends up being the matchup, that should be a lot of fun and, and enjoyed covering both those guys uh, over the years. Uh, so that should be a should be a fun event, a uh, fun game. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it is a it's a fun tradition of of uh, you know Memorial Day and baseball and the marriage of the two. And yeah, it does seem like we normally have good weather. I think it was like really hot last year, if I remember right. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's. Uh, you know, we'll hope for the best. But like today, I mean, I'd take that uh, any any time. Kyle Dedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Somehow, some way, as much basketball as we talk on this show year-round, including high school and recruiting stuff, I don't think it's come up on our program, the change, the IHSA, and really the National Federation adopted it. IHSA did as well on free throws for the upcoming high mm. school season. Can you reset that conversation for us? And then as a reporter, tell me what you're hearing. I know you've talked to some of the area coaches in Indianapolis about what they think about the change. Kind of reset that. And what's been some of the feedback from coaches? Feedback's been, you know, it's sort of like uh, maybe wondering why, you know, and I think the, so what happened basically is they're taking away the one-and-one. One. It's going to be sort of a, uh, similar to what women's college basketball does now. You know, the four quarter, um, you know, you have five five fouls per quarter to get to the bonus, which now the bonus is two shots. Um, you know, you basically get to what used to be the double bonus if you get to five. So, and then the fouls reset going into the second quarter. So you, you have to get to five again uh, to reach that, that uh, bonus, which, you know, essentially does away with the one and one. Uh, in any quarter, so you won't see one-on-one -on -one free throws anymore, which is it's pretty weird, you know. I, you know, and I, I think 
you know, I watch a ton of like NBA and, and that's how the NBA is, you know, um, and has been for a long time, but, you know, doing away with the one and one is really sort of, uh, it'll take, uh, you know, I'm just waiting for the time next year when people don't realize this happened and they'll they wonder what, what in the world this world change is all about. Uh, but yeah, I, I was kind of, you know, I think a lot of people probably in the same boat. Like I was a little surprised the national federation pushed this through now. I, I'm not sure what the, you know, what the reasoning is behind, you know, wanting to do this now because men's college basketball still doesn't uh, do it this way. So I don't know, maybe they figured that the men's game is going to go to this eventually. I think it probably will, I would assume, at some point, uh, go to four quarters and, you know, reset the fouls this way. But, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been mixed. I don't think it's, you know, when you look at it, I'm not sure it's a huge deal, uh, you know, once it'll come down to it, and I think we'll get used to it. Uh, but it's just a change that uh, will take some adjustment, you know. And I, I don't know if it's going to have a huge impact on the on the games. It does, it does change, you know, end of game situations. I would say, and you know, do you really want to foul to put them on the line for two? Um, you know, so I don't know. It, it, you know, it would make sense too. I think to marry this with the shot clock, <laughs> which is what a lot of people are talking about. Um, you know, always you know talking about the shot clock. You know, I, I think my feeling is. You know, I don't love it for the high school game. I don't. I, don't, I should say I'm. Um, I can see it both ways. I'm not I have a super strong opinion either way. But, uh, but you do wonder maybe that. Uh, and obviously, the NFHS is already. You know, they've already passed that rule for the shot clock. Indiana hasn't followed through on that. But, um, but yeah, but Indiana is going to go to this. I did check with that today, and they are going to follow this uh, this rule set forward by the NFHS and. Uh, so we will see this next year, and, and it's, a, it's a fairly significant change, I think, just to the way the games flow and, and how we'll, uh, you know, kind of how we'll see the games, uh, you know, next year. It'll be definitely be different. Absolutely. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Stars, we get ready to close out this Friday program. I guess with you being from Indianapolis or being in Indianapolis and, of course, working for the Star, it probably makes sense to go out this weekend asking uh, any prediction on the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. We talk about Memorial Day traditions in high school baseball. Obviously, the 500 in the Hoosier State is a big one as well. Man, you know, Ed Carpenter's always been, you know, I went, one year I went down and, uh, you know, the week of the race, which I guess would be this week, basically, we went down and he was doing a media thing in, in uh, Cincinnati, and he's a Butler guy, and at that time, you know, Brad Stevens, I think, had just left Butler, or was right around that time, and, you know, he's a big Butler fan, and I got to know Ed a little bit during that uh, trip, and, you know, riding in the car with him, and, you know, just interviewing him about being sort of the hometown guy. And I always root for him. You know, he's sort of the one that uh, I can have a somewhat of a personal connection with just from that trip. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the last guys to, to know much about. I enjoy the race, and, you know, after years of being here, you know, the month of May just has a feel to it that's, that's it's hard to explain, but you just kind of know there's an energy about it that, you know, people get excited for, and, and I do too, you know, the actual race. But, as far as the the winners and stuff like that, I'm always kind of rooting for Ed Carpenter to win. But uh, but yeah, I never really know uh, much about it. And Nathan Brown does a great job covering it for us, like Kurt Cavan did before him. And uh, those guys are so plugged in and, and seem to know everything about everything. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm more of like the uh, the experience. You know, just kind of like the, the whole experience of the race is really cool, and that's about the extent of my knowledge on it. I understand. I'm right there with you. 
Kyle Nedner <laughs> at the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy the 500. Hope you get out to a high school game on Monday as well. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Absolutely. Will do. Thanks, Matt. You too. Thank you. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. Back with you Monday to, well, actually no Monday. We're at the ballpark on Monday at 11 o'clock. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. And don't forget to join us Saturday and Monday for the New Albany 4A sectional. We'll have the semifinals on Saturday, the championship game on Monday. Both days will be on the air at 10.50 a.m. And first pitch, both days, 11 a.m. Of course, Saturday, we've got a second game after that first game as well. That's going to wrap it up. Have a great, safe, healthy, and hopefully good weather for Memorial Day weekend. And I'll talk with you very soon. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.